This podcast episode is brought to you by Paleo Valley's Organic Extra Virgin Olive Oil. Now, we all know that many olive oils are cut with seed oils or that they are rancid, and so it's not always easiest to find a quality and properly sourced olive oil. Yes, in case you didn't know, many store bought olive oils are diluted or blended, compromising both taste and quality, and may even cause rancidity. I'm really glad that Paleo Valley's extra virgin olive oil remains pure and unadulterated, sourced from a single organic valley in Greece. Paleo Valley ensures freshness and nutrient content by packaging their olive oil in dark glass bottles. At a certain point, I stopped using extra virgin olive oil, but once our practice started working with people with chronic inflammatory response syndrome or SIRS, we started recommending it for the reduction of TGF beta 1. It is an immune system marker that shows inflammation both for COVID 19, SIRS, and actually many other illnesses. So if your TGF beta 1 is high, you may want to try incorporating a little bit of extra virgin olive oil. Make sure to check it out. It comes in a two pack package. And remember, All Paleo Valley products are guaranteed with a money back guarantee. Go to paleovalley.com slash nwj to get 15% off your order. Thanks for supporting companies that support this podcast. Hey guys, it's Judy from Nutrition with Judy. I hope you guys had a good week. So, this week we have a very special person on. We have Meet Molly, who is a pregnant carnivore. I get so many questions about if it's safe to do keto while you're pregnant, if it's safe to do carnivore while you're pregnant, and even if it's safe to breastfeed、uh, on carnivore or keto. The short answer is yes, especially if you're eating enough meats. I definitely recommend not fasting while you are pregnant. Your body is naturally going to be in a higher state of insulin because that basically allows you to grow, right? Grow your baby. And so you do not want your insulin to drop. I have been breastfeeding my younger son for about two years on carnivore now and maybe a little bit longer on keto, but I've never been pregnant on carnivore or keto. So It's exciting to have Molly on and have her share her story about how it is to be on carnivore and keto and how different it is, as well as what she did about the glucose test. Hey guys, I am very excited to be with Meet Molly today. We are going to talk about all things pregnancy, how it is to be carnivore and be pregnant.、Um, so, welcome to the show, Molly. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, no, thank you for joining me. So, if、uh, for those of the people that are watching、um, that don't know you, if you can introduce yourself, tell a little bit about your story and your journey.、Um, well, my name's Molly.、Um, I pretty much started this journey off wanting to just mainly lose weight. I've struggled with my weight my entire life ever since, I mean, as long as I can remember. I think third grade was when I first started having thoughts of. You know, wanting to lose weight.、Um, it all kind of started though once I turned about 19 or 20, was when I kind of started getting sick.、Okay. So I was diagnosed with psoriasis and I didn't really think anything too much、mm-hmm. of it to where, like, oh, I'm, I feel like I'm sick.、Um, my grandpa had it. So I was just like, oh, this is just hereditary. This is just something that I'm going to get. Sure. And I got it on the backs of my ears and on my scalp. And I started, that's where it started. And then it started progressing and it started spreading on my legs. And then I started getting it on my stomach. And、um, it started getting really bad on my face and、mm-hmm. around my、um, hairline. So that I didn't like that much because I was really into makeup at the time. So, you know, your skin's all flaking off and, you know, you're self conscious about it and all that stuff. So it just was not. A fun time for me. But everything really got bad. And what motivated me to really change was、um, after my wedding, I was 27 years old.、Uh, I was my heaviest I had ever been, which was 291 pounds. Okay. And I got a rash all over my arms and、oh. it burned and it itched. And I started getting pains in my arms where it felt like my arms were like. In a vice, and I was just trying to rip them off of my body. 
So I'm not somebody who likes going to the doctor or mm -hmm. taking medications or anything. So I was just like, but this was bad. So I was like, I have to go to the doctor. So I ended up being diagnosed with cirrhotic arthritis. Oh. And when they told me that, and then they put me on steroids. And then after stepping on the scale there, it was just, I already had it in my head that this was it. I cannot, I cannot live this way much longer. So from that moment, I had already heard about keto then. So okay. right after that appointment, I went and me and my husband went to lunch and I had a bunless hamburger and a side mm -hmm. salad instead of French fries. And I never looked back at that point. And so I had been keto for eight months and my psoriasis did get better. It didn't okay. clear up completely, but it did get better. So it didn't clear up completely until I went carnivore. Gotcha. Okay. So you, so on carnivore, it cleared completely. Yeah. It's about, it's probably about 98% cleared. I have like a small spot sometimes on my leg. Like I'll have like a tiny flare up sometimes, but okay. it's cleared for the most part. And then how long did it take for you to be on carnivore for it to clear up? And it actually took a while. Like, you know, you hear a lot of people like they heal pretty quickly. And I thought I would have a pretty quick healing just because I had been keto and already cut out most of the bad stuff anyways. Right. Um, but it, it took it took a while. So I think, too, like I had a lot more healing to do than mm -hmm. I initially knew that I needed. Sure. So it took probably, I mean, I've been carnivore for maybe 17 months now. So it probably took, I want to say about like 14 months of being on carnivore for it to completely go away. Wow. That, that's good information because a lot of people complain about skin issues. And I think it's one of the slowest healing um, components of the carnivore diet. I think it's, uh, I just posted about this today, but uh it's a lot has to do with your gut health. And so, you know, one of the first signs of any sort of sickness in the body is through your skin. And so when you go carnivore, yes, you may lose weight and your insulin may drop because you're not eating glucose and all that stuff. But um, when it comes to skin, skin allergies and skin illness, that'll probably take the longest to show because it's an indicator when your skin is so good that you're probably much healthier inside. And so I think your story makes so much sense as to why it took a little bit longer than um, like say, you know, lowering your diabetes numbers, um, your blood yeah. sugar numbers. And um, I actually get a lot of private messages saying, you know, I've been carnivore for six months now. I've been eating clean for three months. Why is my eczema not going away or why is my psoriasis still flaring up and, I mean, it's, I think it's one of the illnesses that take a little bit more time. I think it can heal, right? But, and I, th I think yeah. it's great. I think it's great that your journey, especially um, yours was a little bit more severe and it shows that you can heal it, right? So yeah. Um, in the pro uh, meantime of when you were diagnosed with psoriasis and then your marriage, I think that was an eight year gap. What, how did you take care of yourself during that time? Um, like in terms of diet, um, did you use like steroids during that time? Like what did you use to sort of, you know, I mean, that's still a long period that you didn't change your diet completely. Yeah. So what did you do during that time? So I, they gave me like creams and stuff to put mm -hmm. on like the higher dose cortisone cream. But like I said, I, I never really liked going to the doctor. And like, okay. I think with it being behind my ears, like from the beginning, Mm -hmm. Um, it was more of like out of sight, out of mind to where like, I didn't really, I didn't really pay attention to it. And I didn't okay. really see it as being like something that like was harming me at all. Like, mm -hmm. it's just, I just have bad skin. That's just what yeah. I thought of it. Like, I didn't think that, you know, it was doing any damage or anything like that. So I never changed. I knew that if you changed your diet, that it could help it. But like, a, you know, things that I looked up, like a lot of people were just like, no, you don't need to do that. Like. You don't have to change your diet and all this stuff. Sure. So I never really, I never, I wasn't at that breaking point pretty much. Got it. Okay. To want to change it. Okay. Do you know what maybe caused your psoriasis to, you know, be developed more seriously into, um, so, you know, psoriatic um, arthritis? Um, I didn't, I didn't find out any information like that. I personally think my oldest sister, she has celiac disease. Oh, so okay. 
I never went and got tested to see if I had that or not. But once I cut out um, gluten and all that stuff, like that's when it really started getting better. Because I kind of had some symptoms that my sister yeah. had of celiac where, you know, she had really bad heartburn. And I have had heartburn since I was like 23 years old mm. and had to carry Tums in my purse. Yeah. And um, so like I had things like that, but um, I never was they never really like told me like, Oh, this is why you have that. Like sure. why you got that. Yeah. And, you know, there's certain people that have celiac disease, so it's, they need to get off gluten. But um, I think there's like studies done and I'll link to it in our notes, but gluten, the protein is so difficult to digest. It's pretty much harmful for anyone to be eating. So, I mean, I can see why you felt benefits and reliefs, even if you're not celiac disease in terms of, any other healing? So was it just primarily psoriasis and the healing of that um, when um, going carnivore? Was there any other benefits other than the weight loss too? Um, there's actually lots of stuff that I didn't think was ever like and something that would be cu- curable. Okay. Like, and people, I mean, everybody knows like when you go carnivore, like you don't know how bad you felt until you feel so good. Yeah. So I no longer have seasonal allergies. Oh, awesome. Um, I don't have, uh, you know, plaque buildup on my teeth. Mm-hmm. I don't, uh, I no longer have back pain. Oh, okay. Um, and being so young, you know, you're like, why am I having all this, all these problems? You know, heartburn. I, like I said, I had to carry Tums in my purse. Right. Um, that went right away. Uh, you know, your moods get so much better. Your anxiety is no longer like, Mm -hmm. you know, I've had occasional panic attacks and like, I can't remember the last time I had one and, you know, periods get better, you know, all kinds of stuff gets better that like you think is normal and because everybody had like, you know, everybody has PMS during their period. Like it's, it's, you know, so made out to be the super normal thing. And then once it goes away, you're like, maybe that wasn't very normal to have all that stuff you've done carnivore for over a year. That's really good. So um, is it all these benefits that allow you to stick to carnivore? Like what is it that allows you to stay carnivore? I think the benefits is like the main thing. Um, But the simplicity of it, like you don't have to think about it at all. You don't have to meal plan. You don't have to make huge, you know, grocery shopping lists. You don't have to spend so much time in the grocery store. Like you go get a pack of steaks and you're done. No, (laughs) that's so so true. And you don't even have to think about dinner. Like, it's what, what do you want, a steak or hamburger patties? Like, that's usually the conversation me and my husband have is, what do you want tonight, hamburgers or steak? And usually they both sound good. So yeah, I'll go either way. So is your husband a carnivore as well then? Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, so when, and- I, when I started, he, start, he started with me. Oh, he, that's he, he wasn't keto before or anything. Mm-hmm. So he was a little oh, hesitant. No, he was a little hesitant to start, but after he's seen like, you know, all my weight loss and, you know, Mm -hmm. stuff getting better, he, he was like, okay, I guess I'll do it with you. But he went to it like a fish to water. Like he loved it just as much. It's great that we're both on the same page and we're able to do it together and be each other's support system. Yeah, no, absolutely. I've uh, spoken to several people where the couple is not in uh, in sync. And so there's a lot of strife there because of that. I mean, especially when you it comes to feeding your children, then you start having stress of, well, I don't agree with the way you want to feed my kids. And, you know, um, so it's it's a really, it's a very, very nice perk to um, be doing this together. And it allows you guys to stay motivated and to be committed because you guys are both doing it. So I know you guys are both preparing for your um, son who is coming February of 2020. Um, so congratulations. Uh, can you yep. talk a little bit about your pregnancy? Um, if you guys had any struggles getting pregnant prior to um, this pregnancy, if you could just talk a little bit about your journey. So my pregnancy has been actually really easy. I oh. don't know if it's because of diet. Or if I just pulled the lucky straw, but I have had no morning sickness. I've had Uh-oh. no nausea, no food aversions, because I was really scared about that. You know, being mm-hmm. carnivore, and you hear all these women who are like, I have all these meat aversions. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, that's all I eat. Like, there would be nothing for me to eat. Because, <laughs> you know, I'm 
I can't go back to eating carbs. I, I can't do that. But um, I was, I was very scared about that. So I was very happy that I was able to continue to eat the way that I was eating. The first trimester um, was a little difficult. I had uh, lots of fruit cravings. Oh, interesting. So, okay. Um, and you hear a lot of women in their first trimester, they have lots of carb cravings. Mm-hmm. So my theory on that is, you know, ancestrally, we want to gain weight to carry our baby full term and carbs in fruit are quick ways to gain weight. So I feel like it's ancestrally appropriate to crave things like that. Like your body's your body's smart and knows what it needs. So I gave in a little bit to the fruit, but um, for the most part, I've, I haven't really, you know, gone crazy with my cravings. And I figured, you know, craving fruit is a lot better than craving Snickers. So, yeah, I'm, no, I'm okay with that. I mean, yeah, that's pretty good. Um, I've heard of a few people that were kind of keto-ish carnivore. And then uh, once they got pregnant, they completely fell off because I think their cravings really kicked in. I wonder if it's because you were fully carnivore versus them being more keto. And, you know, having a little bit of glucose in your system will probably drive that uh, craving. Um, your your theory on the ancestral, that makes a lot of sense. It is true that uh, glucose will spike your, you know, the energy. It gives you that instant energy. So it makes complete sense. I also think it's um, as you are growing, you have a lot of a lot more IGF in your body. You have a lot more insulin and it's normal during pregnancy because you need to grow as fast as your body can handle raising a baby. I mean, growing a baby inside you. And so insulin will be higher. So that can also lead to hunger cravings. And then, you know, that will obviously what's a quick way to get energy, like you said, is sugar. So it, it yeah. makes sense. Um, that's awesome that you didn't really have any um, nausea. And I mean, it gets pretty bad. So I know for me, yeah. and I was, uh, I ate the standard American diet on my pregnancy uh, because I didn't know any better. But uh so sometimes your nausea gets so bad that the only way you'll feel better is by constantly eating. And so you constantly eat. And that's why a lot of people gain so much weight during their first trimester, because the only times they feel better is when they eat. And then when they stop eating, as soon as they stop, they feel sick. So it's yeah. just like, you know, perpetual cycle. And it's, it's pretty awesome that you didn't feel that. Yeah. I was be hoping that with, uh, I was hoping that with, you know, eating the way that I did, that I would kind of mm-hmm. not get those cravings, but, like I said, I feel like it's kind of ancestrally appropriate to get those cravings in the, of course, in the beginning. No, it makes, it makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense because um, you, you have to also remember that our bodies, we produce a little bit of glucose that we need for certain parts of our body that will only survive off glucose. So, um, I mean, it, it could all be those factors. Um, so w- was there any other changes in your diet uh, since you've been pregnant? Hey guys, just to let you know, my Carnivore Cure book is back in stock. For nine months, it was out of print and used prices were up to $300. Make sure to get your copy today that has over 200 colored tables and graphics and over 400 pages of meaty goodness. We have a limited supply, so get your copy today on Amazon.com. And if you can leave a review, I'd be super grateful. Um... It hasn't changed much. It's more of just mm-hmm. I've added like a few things. So, okay. you know, sometimes I'll have like uh, mushrooms on top of my steak or I'll have okay. tomatoes and avocado with my bowl mm-hmm. of ground beef. Like it's not I haven't I haven't taken my focus off of meat. Like meat is still my main okay. focus. It's more of just like I've added a few little things. Sure, um, sure. But the only time that I've I haven't had any like, you know, bad reactions to anything yet mm-hmm. except for I did try to have a salad before my uh I had a prime rib and I was like oh I'm, yeah, I'm gonna have a salad before it sounds good yeah and that I never thought that salad would ever <laughs> hurt me but I had mm-hmm. the worst stomach pains from eating a salad I was just like okay <laughs> me and yeah. me and vegetables aren't friends anymore <laughs> Yeah, that's so funny. I, I, I went through the same thing. I mean, not when I was pregnant, but I was carnivore for a long period. And then I think six months in, I decided, okay, I'll have a spinach salad. And I got like 
I was super bloated. I felt like the sweats and it was just, uh, yeah, it, it's, uh, now that you know how you feel on carnivore, I don't think you could ever go back to salad because yeah. it really wrecks your system. Mm-hmm. And I think in terms of you adding a few like fruits and that stuff, I think the reason why you don't feel um, that sick or anything is because well, one, I think your body can handle it, right? So now that your gut is probably a lot stronger, you can add a little bit of fruit and vegetables and it's not that bad for you. It's just when you eat like a main item as salad that mm-hmm. you could probably feel the adverse effects. Yeah. Um, so in terms of food, so I know you said you ate steaks and ground beef. Is there anything else you eat? And then what what's your typical like day of eating look like? I mainly just stick to beef. Okay. There'll be occasions where like, you know, I'll, I'll crave chicken wings, but I more, mm-hmm. I more feel like it's like more of like the skin of the chicken. Cause I love crispy, crispy chicken yeah. wings. Yeah. So like, it's more of like, that's what I want. It's not necessarily mm-hmm. that I want chicken. And yeah. sometimes I'll have, I'll crave, you know, pork ribs and stuff like that. But I mainly just eat beef. Like I have okay. to have a ribeye every day. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. And then do you do dairy? I do a little, I do a little bit. So I have I, eggs. I actually have uh, 23 chickens. So I have oh, a wow. ton of eggs. Okay. Yeah. So I have fresh eggs all the time. I don't eat oh, them. Okay. I give them away more than I eat them, but mm-hmm. um, I do eat quite a few eggs. Oh, that's but awesome. dairy. I, I don't go crazy with dairy because I do like, if you don't eat a lot of dairy and then you eat a ton of dairy, it, it messes with you. So oh, yeah. I've, I've noticed that, you know, I can only handle like a slice of cheese on my hamburger patty or something like that. But I don't do dairy like super excessively. Yeah, no, I totally understand. I cut out dairy for five months. And then I had a little bit, I don't remember why I did. But and then I noticed within a month, I started breaking out a little bit. And I felt a lot more bloat than I um, ever did. So yeah. it's, uh, it's interesting. I mean, some people do really well with it, but you know, it's all, it's all balance, I think. Um, mm-hmm. So what, since you've been pregnant, do you eat more than, uh, do you consume more meat than you uh, did before you were pregnant? In the beginning, I felt like I had to. So I was like, I need to be eating constantly. Like I don't, mm-hmm. I can't be skipping meals, nothing. Like I should just be constantly eating. Like my baby needs that. But after a while, I feel like my body is such in a routine that because I only eat two meals a day and I feel like my body was such in a routine that it was just too much. So I kind of went back to just my regular two meals a day. I don't feel like it's a ton more, but Mm -hmm. I don't leave I don't leave any of the fat left of my steak like before I would leave like, you know, I didn't. I'm full. I don't want to finish, you know, the rest of the fat off my steak, but now, now I'll finish it. But I don't feel like, you know, I need to eat like two steaks now or something. Sure. Okay. Okay. Well, that's good. So you typically eat two, um, two big meals a day. Um, did you fast at all prior to being pregnant? Um, just naturally, you know, I would just, I never eat breakfast. So I would go until about two o'clock and that's when my, you know, normal lunch is. So yeah, it was okay. just more like a natural fast, and I still feel like I kind of do that, where I like just naturally, I'm just not hungry. I mean, if I was hungry, I would eat. I'm not gonna, you know, deprive myself of not eating. But um, right, right. No, that's good. This morning, that's good. Um, go ahead. This morning, I did eat breakfast, so because I did wake up a little hungry, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna keep myself from eating. So obviously, my hunger signals are trying to tell me that I need something. Sure. So you then I'm assuming you don't count calories or anything. No, I've never okay. counted. I oh, think that's it's awesome. I, I wouldn't do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hated that about keto, like trying to get in that like 70 30 or 70 25 five window. Um, uh, did you count macros while you were doing keto? In the beginning, I tried to. So okay. I tried I was like, I have had this plan like, you know, this is what I was going to do. I was going to do keto. I had my meals all planned and I was like, okay, I went over on protein. I need to, I need to recalculate this. And it took me so long with yeah. obsessing. It took me so long to get started just because I was so worried about these macros. And then finally I was right. just like, I'm not doing this. I'm just going to focus on eating real food, eat, focus on eating a bunch of fat and 
just be done with counting macros and that it worked for me to not have to obsess about it right so did you move from keto to carnivore because of the psoriasis or did you move also because like of a weight stall or something like that or i mean even the annoyance it, of counting macros it was a weight stall in the beginning uh, i didn't i didn't really know all the benefits of carnivore <laughs> right away um sure so i had been keto for about eight months and then i had i had lost 50 pounds and then i had stalled wow. for about two months and then okay. I saw uh, Sean Baker on the Joe Rogan podcast and I had watched that YouTube video and then I was like, okay, like, I think I could do that. Like, you know, I'm, I'm good with eating a, you know, a steak all the time because <laughs> right. you know, you're told you can't have, you know, you don't go over on your protein. It's going to turn into sugar in your body and all that stuff. Yeah. So like, I never, I never really, I was more focused on eating a bunch of fat rather than eating a bunch of protein. So I was like, I can, I think I can do that. So I would just went to Costco, got a bunch of steaks. And then that's initially when I started, but after you see all the benefits that come from it, you're like, wow, I didn't know. I really didn't know that there was healing to be done. Like I didn't think that I had problems besides having psoriasis, but I didn't think that I had the problems that I had until they were gone yeah. and they were no longer right, a problem. Right. Um, so in terms of your doctor, so do you see an OBGYN and do you, um, have you told uh, him or her about your diet? I do see an OBGYN. I have not discussed my diet. But oh, really? Okay. I, I thought, I, like in the beginning of my pregnancy, I was like, I'm going to have to go in there guns blazing. Like, this is what I do. I'm not changing. I know this is good for me. I know this is good for my baby, but they've not talked to me at all about, about diet at all. So I'm just like, maybe I shouldn't bring it up. <laughs> wow, that is, yeah, that's interesting. So then do you take the glucose test, the glucose tolerance test? So um, I think it was my second appointment. I saw mm -hmm. a nurse practitioner and that's the only person so far that I have discussed diet slightly oh, with. Okay. Okay. So, um, I still have visible weight that I need to lose. Mm -hmm. And so when I went into the appointment, I felt like she kind of stereotyped me right off the bat. Like, oh, you know, you're overweight. You need, you mm -hmm. probably have, uh, gestational diabetes or diabetes and oh, you wow. just don't know or mm -hmm. something like that. So right away i was i mean i was only eight weeks pregnant and she had me she was like you need to do the glucose test and i was just like no i i don't want i don't want to do that and she right. kind of was just like you know giving me like the evil eye like no you you know you're gonna have to do this anyways like you need to do this and i was like well that's when i was like well i i don't eat sugar and i was like and i barely eat carbs and then that's okay. when it started like, oh, you know, you can't do that. You need to eat carbs for your baby, <laughs> all this stuff. And like in my head, I'm just like, mm hmm. But I was just like, yes, okay, okay. Like just nodding my head in agreement or whatever. <laughs> and then um, I had told her that I do keto. Like I don't know how my body's going to react to having all that sugar. Like I haven't had a soda in two years. Like, and now mm -hmm. I'm coming to the doctors and you want me to drink this soda. And I'm, and she was, you know, just hell bent on making me do it. And, she said, you know, with you not eating sugar, you know, you'll, you'll pass it just fine. But I know in the um, keto and carnivore community that a lot of women don't pass it. So I was just like, oh God, I'm not going to pass this. And then I'm gonna have to do it again. And I don't want to have to drink that stuff twice. And you know, mm -hmm. all this stuff, but she kind of guilt tripped me into doing it. And then she said, um, she said, she was asking me, well, do you have diabetes in your family? I said, yes, I have diabetes on both sides of my family. So she was like, you're at high risk. And then she threw out me because I'm Hispanic and, you know, Hispanic people, a lot of, uh, you know, it's a lot of Hispanic people have diabetes in their family. So then I was just like, okay, maybe I should do this. And even though I didn't want to, and she was just like, you'll, you'll be fine. So I ended up doing it. Thankfully I passed, but oh, okay. um, this, this last appointment, they want me to do it. And I just, I said, again? I can't do it. I cannot do okay. it again. Um, it made me feel super nauseous and I was, yeah, I was going to ask you, how did you feel? Uh-huh. I yeah. did not feel good. And like it, me, I told my husband, I was like, you have to have my back when we go into this appointment. 
if they try to get me to do this, I'm not doing this again. And so he was even chiming in saying she did not feel good and all this stuff. And then she said, well, well, we can, we can prescribe you a nausea medication. And I'm just like, before you take it. And I'm just like, that's not, that's not the problem. Like, right. That's not right. the reason why I don't want to take it. Like my body does not agree with it. And I kind of have like a feeling where it's like, you know, if I was, a, if I was an alcoholic, would you mm -hmm. test to see if I'm an alcoholic by giving me alcohol? Like I'm no, a recovering, I'm a recovering sugar addict. Like I not, a, you know, I've cured my addiction to sugar and now you want to mm -hmm. give me the sugar. And then I thought too, maybe that's where my carb cravings came from because, you know, I haven't had sugar mm -hmm. in so long. And then I had all the sugar and then my body's like, Hey, like we want some more of that, you know, going back to how, you know, I used yeah. to be chugging water, like just trying to flush it out as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we made sure to take the stairs so I could like burn it off. Like I was just like, I yeah. want, I want this gone and out. Yeah. So that, that day I felt bad, but like, I didn't have any, any reactions to, to it afterwards. Yeah. It's so sad how our, you know, our medical system, it's, uh, they just follow protocol and they, the, I mean, the nurses, even I've worked with, um, they're pretty pushy. And so if you kind of decline standard care, then they kind of jump on you even more. And it's weird because if you're trying to eat healthier and, um, you know, it's, since it's kind of against the grain, they'll kind of push harder. But then when you're eating McDonald's or eating, you know, unhealthy foods, they don't really say much about that. Right. So it's just, yeah. it's just unfortunate. And so if you know um, that you should probably not take the glucose because I mean, one, um, most of the fetuses are, they, the glucose goes to your fetus, but the insulin doesn't. So your baby's body has to create its own insulin to um, shovel out that glucose. So imagine like your baby's so used to you barely consuming glucose. And then all of a sudden you're, I think it's like, I forget how much it is. Maybe it's 200 milligrams. I don't remember, but whatever amount it is, a lot of that's going to your ba baby and your baby's probably in shock with all that. Right. So yeah. maybe if you have that mindset, when you go in and think, Hey, like, I'm not going to do that to my baby. So I don't care what you say. No, the answer is no, maybe not for me. Maybe all I'm like kind of scared of you as a nurse, but for my baby, I'm saying no. And so, yeah. just, you know, maybe do that or yeah, bring your husband. But uh, I don't think it's um if anything, what you can say to your nurse is you can say that, hey, I'll check my glucose um, with the glucose meter. And then I can show you an average of a week of how much sugar is. And so I don't need to take this test. Um, I actually offered to do that. Oh, you did? I, okay. I, I, off I said, I don't want to take this test. I'll do, you know, give me a blood sugar monitor. I will monitor my blood sugars for you. Mm -hmm. And she told me that that's not the information they're looking for, which I thought was kind of strange. Like you're testing yeah, no. me off one test and it's something that I don't consume at all yeah. in a high dose. And here I'm going to be giving you multiple readings for multiple days on stuff that I'm actually consuming. I feel like that's more of an accurate, um, you know, description yeah, no, of, exactly. what my blood of what my blood sugar is doing. So I didn't... I didn't really understand when she when she said that. And it's like you try not to be like, you know, part of my French, but a smart ass when you go in there. Yeah. But I'm just like, OK, like th that makes more sense to me to just, you know, I'm giving you more test results than just your one test result. Yeah, no, and you're absolutely right. So the reason why they give that glucose tolerance test is to see how does your body react when you eat uh, glucose and then how does the insulin come and because when you're pregnant, it's, um, if you have, I guess, like a little bit of signs of pre-diabetes, it'll get worse in just um, when you're pregnant. And so they're just trying to see how does your body react when you consume glucose. And so that glucose tolerance test is giving a lot more glucose in one sitting. And, you know, because it's liquid, it'll even absorb even faster. And so it's mm -hmm. just a test to test to see how does your body react to glucose. And so the way you did it is actually a better measure. But it's so to me, it's clear that she doesn't really know why they're doing that and what she's doing. I think it's, yeah. again, she's just trying to follow protocol. And it's really unfortunate because, I mean, that liquid sugar water is not good for you, especially when you mm -hmm. don't do glucose. So, yeah. Yeah. So when are, when are you going to see her? Um, I go back to the doctor in November. So that will be oh, my okay. next appointment. Okay. And she wants you to do it then? Yeah. 
So okay, yeah, I'm you should do that with, with my with my guns blazing then that I'm not <laughs> going to take this test because even I mean even if I did happen to have gestational diabetes, I'm still mm -hmm. eating a diet that would manage it. So yeah, no, absolutely, I, absolutely. They I'm just want to give you medication too. Yeah, I am not worried about it at all. Okay. Yeah, that that's good. Um, yeah, you should update us uh, whether it's like on your Instagram or something of yeah. like how your doctor visit went and if uh, yeah. if you took the test or not. Um, so once you have your baby, um, do you plan on nursing? Um, you know, eventually as your baby, and you know, this might be far away, so you're not even thinking about it, but do you plan on feeding your car, uh, kid like primarily meat or, I mean, have you thought about this at all? Yeah, me and my husband have discussed it because I'm oh, like okay. childbirth, childbirth does not scare me. Like I'm not, I'm not worried about okay. giving birth or anything. What I'm most worried about is other people feeding my child. And oh, I, yeah. you know, I never thought that like, you know, I would be like a stickler like that where, you know, I'm going to be that mom that like, mm -hmm. Hey, don't give that to my kid. Like he doesn't need that cookie or whatever. But, um, in a perfect world, I would love to keep him in a bubble and not yeah. let have any of that stuff. But I also don't want him to feel like he's not normal and, you know, sure. he can't, he can't do the stuff that other kids are doing. So I do plan on breastfeeding him. Um, me and my husband have discussed it. We'll probably keep him pretty much keto. And, you know, we've looked, we, uh, looked into the baby led weaning method and all that stuff. So okay. he'll probably pretty much eat what we're eating. So meat will be his, you know, I'll focus mostly on the meat and the protein and the fat and that stuff. But, um, I'm not going to keep him from not eating vegetables, but if he doesn't want them, I'm not going to force him to eat them. And, you know, I've already talked about like his first birthday. I'm like, are we going to like, do I make him a cake? Like, or do we give him like a steak <laughs> for his birthday? Like, you know, I'm, I'm already thinking about that stuff. And, um, you know, my husband's like, well, we'll just make him a keto cake. And, you know, if he wants cookies, I'll make him keto cookies. And, you know, I just, I want him to feel like, you know, he's a part of what all the other kids are doing and, you know, yeah. as much as I would love no, to I, be that mom that keeps him, you know, safe forever, but you know, you can't do yeah, that. Yeah, it's not reality. Yeah. 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 No, I think I think that's great. I think it's so amazing for your child to I mean, he's not even born yet to already have a future that's setting him up for success. I mean, if you fuel his brain uh with like good proteins and fats and uh, less, you know, sugar, it's going to just make him that much stronger and smarter and all that stuff. Um, and in terms yeah. of the whole balance, like mentally and fitting in, I totally understand that. So you know, I, I struggled with disordered eating at one point. And so my, I make sure and I'm very cognizant of that. So when my kids feel sort of different, I always try to talk to them because you don't want them to feel weird and then or different and then leave home and then I don't know, like go on a binge fest, like in college or something. So I, you know, try to educate them through nutrition and then have a little bit of wiggle room too for life. Right. So yeah, like you said, um, I would not say, Oh, you have to eat steak for your birthday, but then I would add like keto, more keto friendly cookies or even items that are um, just lower in sugar, but are more natural. So yeah. I think that's a good approach. I mean, not everyone agrees with what we're saying, but you know, to each their own. I just, because I have a background with, you know, the whole like relationship with food is kind of weird. I don't want my kids to have that either. So I'm just, yeah, yeah, I think, I think what you guys are doing is great. And it's so amazing that he's not even born yet. And you guys are already planning yeah. like foods that'll be at his one year birthday. That's, yeah. that's <laughs> him. He, I he's think lucky to my have example helps too. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he will. He's blessed to have you guys as his parents. I mean, he, yeah. you know, he will be much more physically stronger and then be able to handle life um, so much better than, um, unfortunately, kids that are on the standard American diet. Um, in terms of weight gain, so, you know, as we're talking about mental health, um, you know, obviously we gain weight as being pregnant. Um, how have you handled that? Has that been kind of like messing you up at all in your mind? Like, how, how's that been? In the beginning, it, it did. Um, it was hard for me to accept at first just because I've been in a state for so long that all I wanted to do was lose weight. And then when I finally got the scale going down and then now it's like, <laughs> like pump the brakes, like, you know, you're done with that now. Like that can't be your focus anymore. 
So in the beginning, yeah. like I was very obsessive, like every day I was stepping on the scale to see like, hey, is it like, am I gaining weight yet? Like, or am I still like, am I still good or still where I, where I was before? But uh, so far I've only gained about six or seven pounds and okay. I'm five months pregnant. So I feel like I'm doing pretty good. Oh. Um, I'm not really eating any food that would cause me to gain an excessive amount of weight anyway. Mm -hmm. So um, I don't, I've come to terms that it's all for my baby. It's just him. That's he needs this. He doesn't need me to focus on, you know, dieting or anything. Um, I just need to eat and nourish him. Uh, even though my, the, one of the doctors that I've seen, she kind of had a problem with me gaining that much weight so far, which I feel is oh, not, yes. not okay to do to a pregnant woman. I feel like as women, yeah. we're already vulnerable. We're already vulnerable about our weight. You know, society tells us like we have to, you know, look a certain way, be a certain way. You know, a, a lot of women do already have bad um, self image and all that stuff. So I feel like it's very toxic to tell, especially a pregnant woman that like, it's not okay that she's gaining weight. And I'm just like, I'm growing a human. Like, I don't, I don't know what you want from me. Like my body's, you know, even if it, I had gained 20 pounds so far, like, I feel like my body's going to do whatever it needs to do to grow a human. And, and you know, I kind of have like a, an attitude when I go in there, like, you know, if I was skinny, would you still be telling me this? Yeah. Like, you know, if like I was like a super fit woman, like, would you still have a problem with me gaining that much weight? Probably not. Um, seven you know, pounds I, seems so small to me. I mean, yeah. I, yeah, no, I think the average person gains about 25 to 30 pounds. And that's lately, I think it's actually on the lower end. So when you're five months pregnant and you've only gained six or seven pounds, that is not much. And so I can't believe that they were saying that to you. That's, I'm yeah, and you know, I, I'm in a couple, uh, like keto pregnancy groups, mm -hmm. you know, just to be, just to be in there and see what other moms are doing. And yeah. You know, there's other moms that are like, I've, I'm, you know, 22 weeks and I've gained 25 pounds and I'm just like, okay, like, I think I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> like, yeah, not that yeah, I want to no. shame that, shame that mom for, you know, gaining right. 25 pounds. I feel like everybody's different. We're all going to do mm -hmm. what we have to do. Cause I did, I wrote, I had wrote a post about it on my Instagram and there was women that were reaching out to me that were just like, oh my God, this is what I needed to hear. I hated that in my pregnancy that they had such a problem with me gaining weight. And I'm just like. One lady was like, I, you know, was super fit. I exercised, I watched my diet and I still ended up gaining 70 pounds. And I'm just like, see, we're not all the same. Like we can't be put into a mold of thinking that, you know, oh, this is your, you know, your body mass index and you can only gain, you know, 15 to 25 pounds. That's it. You know, you're like, yeah. I'm going to do whatever I got to do to, you know, it's your focus should be on nutrition and, you know, it shouldn't be about my weight. It should be, like, am I nourishing my baby? Is my baby developing okay? Is everything going good? Like, I feel good. I haven't had any, you know, I was telling my mom, like, I don't know why people complain about pregnancy. Like, I, this is so easy so far. And she's like, hold yeah, your tongue because to. you don't know, you don't know about the next one that, you know, the next one could be horrible, but yeah. It, it'll be interesting. I, I definitely want to talk to you and keep in touch and hear how your second pregnancy goes and also after yeah. labor. I think that's mm -hmm. a pretty gnarly experience. In terms of how much you eat uh, in a day, so how many uh, pounds of meat do you typically eat in a day? I'm, I mean, I've never really weighed it, but I'm going to say okay. that I probably eat around two pounds. Okay. Okay. That's good. So in terms of getting pregnant, did you have any issues with pregnancy prior to um, the diet and I don't think so, but I mean, I'm just going to ask you. Um, it did actually take me and my husband 17 months to get pregnant. Oh, okay. so, okay. um, I initially thought that it was me because I had been overweight for so long and mm -hmm. then doing more research into, you know, the way that I was eating and, you know, hearing other mm -hmm. women talking about how, you know, damage and all this stuff that, you know, you do when you're overweight and all this stuff, but um, I had also been on birth control for five years, oh, so okay. I thought I just I just completely wrecked everything, and you know, being overweight for so long, and then being on you know a hormonal drug for that long, I just thought that you know I I ruined it. I can't have I can't have children, 
but um, we started testing after a year of trying and oh. I had, a, I think it's called an HSG where they do the x-ray of your, all your area to see if everything's good, no blockage or anything. And everything came back fine okay. and my blood work came back good. And uh, except for my cholesterol, my total cholesterol, my doctor was not happy with and she wanted to put me on a statin because it was three, it was, I think it was 317 at the time. Okay. I'm just like, lady, I need I need those hormones for to grow this baby. Um, <laughs> That's good. <laughs> but um, my husband ended up getting testing done, and he had um, blood work done, and he had a semen analysis, and we found out that his testosterone was really low, and he only oh, had okay. one he only had one percent motility. So that was kind of like, okay, like we found the problem. Now it's like let's let's try to fix it. So they wanted to test him again and they wanted to put him, they told him to take um, a multivitamin. Me and my husband are like, we don't take multivitamins. Like, you know, oh, we're yeah. eating like, the, be the best diet we possibly can for fertility. Like there's all these people getting pregnant out of nowhere, even if they didn't want to be. I was like, yeah. I think we're doing the right things for us. But um, I don't know if you've ever heard of uh, Dr. Rob Kiltz. He's like a, the number one fertility mm -hmm. doctor in New York. And he um, is actually a big supporter of the keto diet. He actually okay, no. promotes mm -hmm. kind of like his own version of carnivore. It's called the baby diet. So it stands for uh, uh, beef, egg, bacon, butter, and ice cream. So he makes his own like a really oh, high I ice cream. Okay. So I happened to catch one of his lives and he answered my question. I was like, how can we boost my oh. husband's fertility? So he suggested a motility supplement and my husband I was like well let's give this a try this is what he's recommending he's on our side where he supports what we're eating and all this stuff so mm -hmm. um, let's just continue doing what we're doing and then you'll try we'll try this supplement so uh he took it for about a month and within that month we were pregnant so wow it, that is amazing full that it was something that simple because uh, nowadays like getting pregnant is very hard and yeah. it's very expensive and i just if it if it would have been anything else i i don't think that we would have been where we are right now mm -hmm. just because of the cost of it and all that stuff but it is sad that it's become such a it's become such a problem like something so normal like just you know when you're younger you know i've had talks about this with other women like when you're younger you're doing all this stuff not to get pregnant and then when you're, you know, when it comes time to get pregnant now, it's like, okay, like why they, this is not, this is way harder than they told me it was going to be. Like right, they said right. it would be like that and it's not happening. So it's, it, I think with him, his, he wasn't doing carnivore or even keto long enough for him to heal. Uh, My husband's okay. really skinny. Like I, I never would consider him to be overweight. He's really okay. skinny. He, he did end up losing like 46 pounds going carnivore. Oh, wow. Um, okay. I think a lot of it was inflammation. Mm -hmm. He has a big sweet tooth and loves candy and ice cream and, you know, just ate whatever. So that's another thing. Like, I feel like, you know, me being overweight, like it was visible that there was something like there was something wrong. And with the psoriasis, it's visible that there's something wrong, but you can be skinny and not be okay. Like you could be doing damage and stuff. So I, that's my theory that I think that he just didn't have enough time to heal um, when we first started. But I think me starting when I did, because I it would had already been like two years of me eating, you know, a good diet. I think that really helped me to get to this point. Yeah, and that, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I have clients where, you know, they've been on carnivore for a year and their gut is still not fully healed. And so then they add probiotics or antifungals or some other support and it helps them tremendously. So they'll like one sign is they don't have as many loose stools or they don't have any. And so uh, I think it really depends on the individual. So I, it sounds like you've healed pretty much like everything just with the diet. And I think time really will allow you to heal. But, you know, in our instant gratification society we want healing now right within three months even though we've eaten bad for like decades um yeah and so yeah i think uh, that's why people look to supplements i i'm only a fan of supplements when it's okay in the beginning if you want a catalyst to help you heal but after that i don't believe in the whole 
you know, add collagen to your steak, you know, like I'm not a big yeah. fan of that. I just think your yeah. food should be sufficient and you don't need anything unless you're trying to heal something that's kind of broken, but just quicker, right? I think over time our diet can heal a lot. And so it makes sense for your husband why um, that, I guess, whatever that pill was that um, helped him in that meantime. So I, I'm sure as he eats meat more, his testosterone should go up as well because the hormones, yeah. they just take time to balance out. Yeah. So that, that that makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, for the people that are watching, what would be your recommendation in terms of diet, uh, weight loss? You know, a lot of people get frustrated that, hey, so-and-so has lost all the weight on carnivore within five months, within a year. And, you know, I'm still not at my thinnest, right? Or Or I have a stall or you know, is it even safe to be breastfeeding or pregnant on carnivore? Like what would be your advice to sort of all those people? I think for weight loss, it's kind of like what I said before, like you can't put yourself into a mold of comparing yourself. Like it's not a one size fits all. Like we're not all the same. We're, you know, we don't all have the same damage that we've done. You know, some of us have more healing to do than others. Some, some don't even realize, like I didn't realize all the stuff that I could heal. So mm -hmm. don't put a timeline on it. Just keep going. You'll get where you need to get. Even if the scale isn't moving, I've experienced this too, where I'm like, the scale's not moving. Take a picture. You look completely different. I have pictures where it's just a couple months difference. And I look mm -hmm. like my face is thinner like my shoulders are thinner like you, you it's looking at yourself every day you don't really notice that stuff until you compare it to how you used to be and you're like wow i am still changing even if the scale doesn't change just like you know if you put five people together and they all weighed the same but they all could look completely different oh, so yeah, just absolutely. try not try not to compare yourself to everybody you know this person may have lost a hundred pounds in under a year but you know, you haven't lost that much yet, but you, you got to look at it that you're still losing. You're like, you're still moving forward to being better. And then with pregnancy, I mean, you got to do, you got to do what you feel is right for you. But if you feel good being carnivore, your baby's going to feel good being carnivore. Like, or if you feel good being keto, your baby's going to feel good being keto. Your baby's not a separate type of person they're just a, they're just a little person so you know you don't need carbs your baby doesn't need carbs as much as the doctors love to tell you that you know they their brain needs carbs and all this stuff like your baby's not going to develop if you don't eat carbs and it's like okay but i don't need carbs why my baby's not a different type of human like they're the same yeah. as me like they don't need carbs just as much as i don't need carbs so if you feel good your baby's going to feel good. I don't think it's good to drastically change your diet to, you know, if you look at the diet that they give you in the little pamphlet that they gave me, it's nothing but carbs all day long. Like there's, yeah. there's meat is at the bottom of the list on their list. So whole grains is the, is the first one and then fruits and vegetables and then milk and then protein is at the very bottom. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I would not do okay. <laughs> dramatically changing my diet to something where it's like I'm gonna have to have oatmeal and toast and a banana for breakfast and then have you know uh, nuts and a bagel for a snack and then lunch and you know eating all that food all day long I, I would not do okay with that so you just have to do what's right for you what you feel is right for you what you feel is right for your baby because at the end of the day you're the one that's in charge of the outcome of that child. And, you know, you have to do what you feel is right. No matter what somebody may say, you know, it's up, it's up to you. And if you feel good doing it, then you should keep doing it. Our standard American diet has way too much glucose that it, it makes us tired. That's why everyone has that 2 p.m., 3 p.m., like exhausted, you know, exhaustion. And so we reach mm -hmm. for sugar, we reach for coffee. And so... I mean, just think about the implication and impact it has on a unborn child. So I think, you know, you're yeah. making the really good decisions. I wish I was pregnant with carnivore and I had fed my kids that way. I always wonder, would my kids be that much healthier, right? So it's yeah. interesting. Um, and again, like your your son is very lucky. Um, 
in terms of your baby size, so did you, uh, has your doctor checked uh, the size of your baby? Have you done any of those kind of ultrasounds to measure your baby? They haven't told me any of that information yet. So I've had okay. two ultrasounds done now where um, they're checking his development and his, you know, mm -hmm. his uh, lungs and his kidney and his heart and all that stuff. But just, um, I can't, I can't blame my diet for this. It's just his parents and he has stubborn parents. So of course he's a stubborn child and <laughs> they just can't get good enough pictures of him. So I've had to do uh, that twice. And then they told me again that, okay, we still didn't get the pictures that we need. So now we're going to send you to, it's like a, um, a specialist where she knows the tricks, like she'll be able to get the pictures that we need. So I go back um, this month on the 14th to get those pictures taken. So they'll tell, they've already told me the two times with the two other ultrasounds that every, nothing looks abnormal. Everything looks good. Um, they just, these are just the pictures that they need. So um, on the 14th, after that ultrasound, I'm sure they'll give me more information on, you know, how he's doing in the development. And, you know, if my due date has changed, if, you know, he's measuring bigger, if he's measuring smaller, sure. like that's, that's when we'll see all that information. Uh, and I'll, I'll definitely be posting and keeping everybody updated on, on all that. Okay, that's awesome. Um, have you met many, um, have you run into many carnivores that are pregnant? Um, not like, uh, like, you know, in a day to day life. No. I mean, I've seen people like online and stuff, you know, I've, connected with a few women online, but um, not anybody locally, no. Sure, okay. Okay, well, um, you know, this has been really helpful. I think it's, um, I, you know, I, I'm sure it's gonna be eye-opening for some people that are considering carnivore when they're pregnant or with breastfeeding. Uh, if you can tell people where they can find you, um, if there's any other advice you wanna give, feel free to share. Um, I'm really active on Instagram. So it's meet underscore Molly. Uh, I share, I try to share as much as I can and, you know, be transparent as possible because you never know what somebody else is going through and they might be going through the same thing and it might be something, you know, that they need to hear too. Um, yeah, so I'll just, I'll, I'll be keeping everybody updated on everything and sharing as much as I can and being really open about everything because I know that I would you know, being in this situation too, like, you know, I look to other women who have done this, like, um, you know, people like Kelly Hogan, who's had yeah. three carnivore pregnancies. And, you know, I look to those people for advice. And so it's good to, it's good to share and, you know, be open because, you know, some people need, you know, we need that information out there and people need to know that there's better options than, you know, just stuffing your face with McDonald's through your pregnancy. Like, <laughs> You know, yeah, you could it, stuff steak. Yeah, no, it's uh, it, it's just interesting the way society works, right? So if you're overweight and you're eating a lot of bad foods, no one ever says anything. And then the minute you're just eating steaks or you're being very healthy, it's this concern of, oh, um, that's gonna kill you. And it's it's just the irony of it all, right? It's just yeah. if you give if anyone just does a little bit of research, there's so much nutrient density and bioavailability of the nutrients in me. And then it really makes you wonder, like, why do we need all these other plant foods that are so hard to digest? And they don't even have near the nutritional values as uh, meat does. So it's unfortunate. Hopefully, you know, our movement is helping people to be more educated and more informed so that they eat the right foods and also help their offspring eat better, too. Well, yeah. thank you so much for your time like this. Uh, I hope it helps a lot of people that are pregnant. And again, if I was pregnant ever, I would have loved to be carnivore. So lucky you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. This was really fun. Um, I will share everything and we'll share a lot of the information in the notes and we'll um, share where to find you and your Instagram page and everything. So thanks again, Molly. I will talk to you yeah, soon. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye. I hope you guys have a good week and make sure to share this video with anyone that you know that's considering doing carnivore or keto but they're pregnant or they want to get pregnant and they're not sure if it's safe. Alright guys, I will talk to you guys next week. Have a good one and make sure to eat a lot of meat. Make sure to eat some good bone broth and some organ meat and make sure to take care of your body because it is the only place you have to live. Alright guys, have a good one and I'll talk to you later. Bye. All that she wants is another baby. She's gone tomorrow, boy.
Thanks for listening to the Nutrition with Judy podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please make sure to leave a five-star review on your favorite podcast app so more listeners like you can find the show. If you want more practitioner care and support, head over to nutritionwithjudy.com slash groups so you can get more real talk about carnivore, the environment, and root cause healing. You can also find my content on Nutrition with Judy's YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Make sure to sign up for my weekly newsletter and learn more about in-depth articles with infographics at nutritionwithjudy.com slash articles. You can find my two books, Carnivore Cure and the Complete Carnivore Diet for Beginners on carnivorecure.com and amazon.com. At the heart of Nutrition with Judy's practice, our mission lies with a deep, unwavering passion for service and community. We will continue to empower you to have the knowledge and tools to live a life nearly symptom-free because we firmly believe in healing and wellness for all.